We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall never surrender until in God's good time, the new world with all its power and might steps forth to the rescue and the liberation of people. In times of universal deceit, truth is the only rebellion left. On today's show, I'm going to discuss the value and the importance of being willing, being humble enough to look life in the face, look at the direction you're taking, and being smart enough to call an audible. I'm Dr. Everett Piper. And this is The Rebellion. Good morning and welcome to today's Rebellion. On today's show, I want to wrap up the week by talking about Dr. Anthony Fauci, but in a sense, I'm not going to mention him that much. No, I don't have another news story. I don't have another statement of his. I don't have another decision that he's made that I want to feature on today's show. Oh yes, I'm very frustrated with him, and I think many of you are too. Uh, Dr. Fauci, as you've heard me say over and over again, has become our country's high priest. It's as if Congress doesn't matter. It's as if the president doesn't matter. It's as if the Surgeon General doesn't matter. It's as if nothing matters in our culture and in our country, in this United States of America. Nothing matters other than this new religion of scientism. And it has a high priest. It has a key figure. It has a person who presumes to be speaking some oracle, some revelation of this religion that we must attend to, we must agree to, we must bow to, we must worship. We must worship at this altar. And if you don't, you're denying science. If I have any story to refer to on Fauci, it's his claim a week or so ago where he said, I am science. And those who are denying me are denying science. I mean, this almost sounds like a messianic claim, excuse me, a messianic statement. They asked Christ who he was, and he said, I am, in reference to being the eternal Yahweh, God, one in the same with God, God incarnate, I am. And Fauci, in his arrogance, says, I am science. And if you don't listen to me, you're denying science. You're denying reality. You're denying the ultimate. It's almost as if you're denying God if you deny Fauci. The arrogance is palpable. Oh, yes, I'm very irritated with that. And I think the fact that so many Americans have been willing to follow like lemmings over the cliff to this fraudulent man, this Pied Piper's tune, after him, follow after him, dancing, obediently to his tune, his fake tune of 
Obey me. Follow the science. Oh, don't pay attention to that that little boy over there on the side of the parade who's saying that the emperor has no clothes. Don't pay attention to him. Ignore him. Ignore that other doctor, that medical professional, who's telling you that ivermectin is COVID-19's penicillin. Ignore him. Ignore Dr. Carey. He doesn't know what he's talking about. I do. Pay attention to me. Listen to my tune. Follow after me. Dance in the streets, children, as we head to the cliffs. Follow me, little lemmings. I mean, that's the way I feel our culture has responded to this man and his message. Don't pay attention to Rand Paul. Oh, yes, he's a medical doctor too, but he's not as smart as me. He doesn't know what he's talking about, quote unquote. Listen to my tune. Follow after me. Dance in the streets, little children. Don't listen to that man, Rand Paul. He he may be saying that the emperor has no clothes. He may be talking about stuff that we used to claim five seconds ago was science like Natural immunity. Don't pay attention to him. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Even though he's saying the emperor has no clothes, listen to my tune. Follow after me. Oh yes, we're coming to a cliff, but it'll be okay. Don't you feel like that's the way our culture has reacted to his grand and glorious, his high mighty, the all-supreme minister of scientism? this worship of science. While we deny anything that he claims isn't science. I mean, it's very dangerous, a very dangerous place for us to be. But the fact that well over half of America believes this man and still thinks that you and I are science deniers when we simply ask questions is nothing short of astounding. Well, on today's show... I'm going to talk about Peyton Manning, the former quarterback for the Indianapolis Colts and then the Denver Broncos. I'm going to talk about Peyton Manning. Do you remember when he played? There was something you heard all of the time. You heard him do it over and over and over again. You heard him call Omaha, Omaha, as he lined up behind the center and looked at the defense and looked at what his opposition was and had to reconsider the play that had just been called seconds earlier in the huddle. No, that play isn't going to work now because the defense is different than he expected. The situation has changed. And he knows that if he continues down the course that he has originally set, they're going to fail. So he calls Omaha, Omaha. That's today's story. I'm going to explain it to you after we take this break. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion, and I will be right back in a couple minutes. Welcome back to The Rebellion. So I've talked about Fauci enough. I may mention him a time or two again, but the point of bringing him up is to bring him up as an example, the primary example of our time, of a man who's unwilling to call an audible. 
you know, sometimes life needs redirection. I talk about this in my book, Grow Up. Life isn't safe, but it's good. I have a chapter in there that's titled, Omaha, Omaha, listen for Omaha. Do you remember the mutual of Omaha's wild kingdom? There was a commercial in there that listened for Omaha. Well, we have an example of that in contemporary times. You don't have to go back to the 60s and 70s and the Mutual of Omaha's Wild Kingdom. You can talk about Peyton Manning. Sometimes life needs redirection. There's times when it's clear that if you want to succeed, you've got to turn around. You know, I talk all the time about staying the course, being, being bold and courageous. Don't be jello. Let people know who you are. Once you've made a decision, stick with it. Run into the storm. Don't run away from the storm. I've talked about all the time, and I stand by that. I think that's very important. Leaders don't shirk from the battle. But leaders also don't continue to bang their head against the wall and expect different results when they continue to do the same stupid thing over and over again. Leaders recognize that the defense changes, the things that are challenging you one second may be be dead and gone the next, and you've got to keep your eyes open, and you've got to be humble enough to attend to reality. There, There are times when it's clear that if you want to succeed, that you've got to turn around and take a different direction, different route. Often, it's that redirection. It, that, that comes from somebody coaching us, that you're listening to the coach. Obviously, because I'm a Christian, I would argue that the, that the ultimate coach is God. As he's revealed to us in Scripture, the Word made flesh and dwelling among us, the Logos, the Alpha, and the Omega, the ultimate coach is going to be Christ. How do we know what he says and what he expects? what his game plan is, well, you read. You read scripture, you read the Bible, and you trust it. And when you run into a situation where you thought you had your play all mapped out and it, and the situation has changed, you listen to the coach and the game plan, and you call an audible. That's success. Well, that's not a lack of conviction, That's just using your head. That's having a brain. There are times when we need to dig in, yes, and stick to the game plan and resist the urge to bail out. I've discussed that ad nauseum on this show. Conviction and commitment are better than compromise and a conversation. But there are times when we need to listen for an audible. The coach is calling an audible. And you need to follow it. Again, Peyton Manning. He's considered one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. You know, he won two Super Bowls. One with the Indianapolis Colts and one with the Denver Broncos. He's considered one of the smartest quarterbacks. Maybe not the best looking pass. I mean, some of his passes look like wounded ducks. But he was considered to be brilliant. He knew the plan. He, he became the coach because he knew the coach so well. He became the game plan because he knew the plan so well. 
if you want to apply that again to our lives, he knew the Bible, Bible, if you will. He knew the scriptures of football so well that he became that. He had recited them, he, those passages of the plan, over and over again in his head. He knew the entirety of the game plan from cover to cover so that he could use it to change course if he needed to. There were times when he approached the scrimmage line and he read the defense and he knew that the set play that he had just called in the huddle needed to be changed, so he would call an audible. If you, if you watched his career, you heard him holler over and over again. It was distinct and clear. Omaha, Omaha, set hut. You heard Peyton Manning say that. And then the ball was snapped. And not plan A, but plan B was put into action. Well, why the change? Why? Why did he change? Why not stick to what he had called in the huddle? Why not follow the original play, the original plan? Well, the reason is that when his opponents, the situation, his, his enemy approached the line, Manning could see that there was a potential for failure here because the play he had called wasn't going to work. So he changed. He called an audible. Omaha, Omaha, we're going to change course. And he turned on a dime and he redirected his team to do something that was in some sense the exact opposite of what he had just told them to do a mere seconds earlier. You know, there was once a post-game interview where Manning was asked about his use of the word Omaha. You know, this this, uh, iconic phrase now, if you're a football fan, it was etched in uh, sports history. Omaha, Omaha. Well, here was his response when the media asked him about it. He says, it's a trigger word. <laughs> he actually said that. I think he might have said it before this whole nonsense of trigger warnings and whatnot came on the scene. In fact, I'm pretty sure he did. Here was his quote again. It was a trigger word. That meant we had to change the play. There was little time on the clock. The ball needed to be snapped right now. So to kind of let my offensive linemen know that, hey, we're going to go with plan B. There's no time left on the clock. It's a, it was a rhythmic three-word syllable. Omaha. Set hut. So he just, he was smart enough to recognize, I need something simple that triggers us, triggers us, pulls the trigger and says, no, look, look, we can't do what we were going to do. Listen to me. Listen up. We're going to change the play. We're going with plan B. Because he knew that sticking to the original plan would mean that they'd get sacked immediately after they hiked the ball. And they would go nowhere, and they were wasting a down. And they had suffered defeat rather than taken advantage of the situation. In other words, he kept his head on his shoulders. And he wasn't so arrogant as to say, I've called the play and we're going to stay the course. 
Now, here's my point. This, this, this story of Peyton Manning and being willing to call an audible teaches a very simple lesson that applies to a lot of the crap we're dealing with today, Anthony Fauci in particular. Sometimes the best leaders, the historic leaders, generals like Eisenhower and Patton, leaders, coaches, players, quarterbacks, presidents, sometimes they need to be humble enough to admit the circumstances have changed. And if they're going to avoid disaster, they need to admit that they must scrap the plan, change direction, and run a new play. They need to call Omaha. They need to call an audible. There's an old saying, an old axiom out there that you've heard a thousand times over. That the definition of insanity, one more time, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. Now, you're probably going to say um, that Albert Einstein said that. Well, that's a spurious reference. There's no evidence that it came from Einstein. Some people say Einstein. Others say Mark Twain. Uh, it's attributed to different people. But for the sake of what I'm talking about today, it doesn't matter. There's wisdom in the phrase, and we, we know it, and it has endured the test of time. We have it age after age because it's true. It makes sense. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. It's an axiom that is a truism. It's like saying sticks and stones may break my bones, but words were never, will never hurt me. There's truth in that, that we should understand. It's, it's a saying. It doesn't matter where it came from necessarily. Albert Einstein, Mark Twain, what's the difference? But in this case, we need to attend to its wisdom, not, not its authorship. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting res different results. The truth of the statement is obvious. Being headstrong and refusing to listen and refusing to learn from your mistakes can be a recipe for disaster. Repeating the same old play, the same old failed play, and refusing to learn from your failures or from what you're seeing in the opposition it's going to assure that you fail over and over again. You shouldn't expect different results if you keep doubling down on the same dumb things that led you to this place in the first place. Life isn't predictable. Yes, we do need to be committed. I'm not arguing that you should be jello and mush and change every time there's wind blowing. But it's also true that no strategy, because we're human beings and we're flawed and we don't have omnipotence and omniscience and omnipresence, we're not God, Anthony Fauci. Sorry to tell you that. Sorry to break it to you, but you're not God and you're not his high priest. 
And therefore, you need to take a spoonful of humility and recognize that you're not fail-proof. And that being able to see trouble, trouble, being willing to change course in order to avoid that trouble is a prerequisite for leadership and success. Solomon, King Solomon told us, there is a way that appears right but in the end, it leads to death. There is a way that appears right unto man, but in the way, it leads to death. Now, Dr. Fauci, is it possible that the wisest man that, man that ever lived, King Solomon, might be a little smarter than you? And that what you think appears right is leading our country to death because you refuse to acknowledge that you were wrong. The play you called isn't working, and you're just doubling down on the same thing because you don't want to appear to be foolish. You don't want Rand Paul to be right and you to be wrong. By all appearances, the initial play you called may have seemed right at the time. It may have appeared to be spot on, you may have thought victory was close. You may have been able to taste it. Wear a mask for two weeks. We'll flatten the curve. And maybe we'll have a vaccine. But Fauci is refusing to acknowledge that something dangerous was in play. The enemy has had camouflaged itself. Uh, he, he didn't understand that masking didn't work and social distancing didn't work and all of the social and economic consequences of forcing people into lockdowns and quarantine, those consequences were much greater than he had anticipated and that the vaccine wasn't going to be all that effective and that you would need one booster, two boosters, three boosters, four, five boosters, six boosters, seven boosters, more. And that it was unending. And that our Constitution does not permit him or anybody else to force the citizens of the United States into quarantine, into isolation, into giving up their constitutional rights, and force them to reveal their health records to everybody just because somebody says so. And there's nothing in the Constitution that says you have to take a drug into your body because the grand and glorious wizard of scientism has declared it to be. But his arrogance has led him to double down and do the same thing over and over and over again. And that's the definition of insanity. The man's insane. And all of you who are following him mindlessly are demonstrating the same lack of mental stability. Think Think, look at the situation. You're standing at the line of scrimmage. You can run the play over and over again, but it isn't going to work. The best predictor of future behavior is always past behavior. And if the past behavior of your enemy is such that he's figured you out, then you might want to call an audible. You might want to Shout Omaha, Omaha, rather than run the play. 
Do what I told you to do. Denying me is to deny science. I mean, is your plan working? Is it working, Dr. Fauci? Or is it failing? I mean, people that are vaccinated are getting this disease in some situations, in some communities, at higher rates than those that weren't vaccinated. Denying the reality of natural immunity doesn't seem to make much sense. It's like denying the reality of the defense that you're staring at as you get ready to say, set, hike. The lesson of Peyton Manning's flexibility on the field teaches that you need to be constantly assessing the state of the situation. We need to look, Fauci needs to look, all of us need to look at the situation, at the defense, if you will, and determine what adjustments we need to make, what is necessary for us to redirect away away from what obviously is nothing more than repeated failure. If our game plan isn't working, we need, we need to admit that we were, oh, get ready for it, get ready for it, wrong. If it isn't working, admit you're wrong and change course. Call an audible. Yell Omaha. That's my biggest beef with Fauci. Why? And it's my biggest beef with anybody, whether it be... Uh, frankly, I think Donald Trump, I mean, he should have recognized that there was something wrong here. That Fauci was a man of arrogance, not humility. That he was a man of scientism, not science. He should have recognized, Donald Trump should have recognized that the fox was in the hen, hen house and that he had a man that he was empowering, giving him way too much power to dance around the Constitution and play this mesmerizing tune of set your constitutional rights aside just for a couple of weeks as we flatten the curve. He should have recognized, our leader, President Trump, should have recognized that he had a snake in the grass. And he should have crushed the snake's head. He should have gone with somebody else. He had other options. So I don't hold Republicans innocent in this crime. I think we've been culpable in it too because we were mesmerized. Why were we mesmerized? Because we were afraid. Why is the story of the Pied Piper what it is? Is because the villagers were afraid and they were willing to give up their own children because of their fear. They were willing to give up their kids to this man who was playing this peculiar tune and they were willing to watch their own progeny, their sons and daughters being marched out of the city because of fear. Fear had paralyzed them. So rather than calling an audible, rather than saying Omaha, Omaha, they doubled down on their stupidity. And that's what Dr. Fauci is doing on a daily basis. If you're not going to call an audible, people, you're going to lose. Change direction when what you're doing isn't working. Follow somebody that's willing to say Omaha rather than somebody that's arrogant enough to say if you deny me, you deny science. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion.